everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. Hello, I am Theodora, your host today, and my special guest is Diana from Australia. Welcome, Diana. Thank you. Good morning, Theodora. You are all the way on the other side of the world from me in Australia. You must have winter now. Yes, we do. We are starting to come come into the cooler season. Well, cooler according to Australia. It's not really that cool, I guess, according to the rest of the world. But yes, I have a I have a thick jumper on this morning because it was cold. It was only about like five or six degrees or something. <laughs> you are a certified professional holistic counselor, a psychotherapist, and you were trained in psychology and natural medicine. Tell us a little bit about the holistic counseling. Sure, I'd love to. Thank you for having me, first of all. I really appreciate your time um, and for being here with me um, You know, today, which I know is the evening for you over in America. So um, thank you for sharing. Oh, it's a pleasure. Counseling, holistic counseling. <laughs> Holistic counselling is about, in a one sentence, holistic counselling really is about understanding the connection between the mind, the emotional body, the physical body, and the spirit, or if you will, your quantum body, your energy body, also referred to, of course, as the aura or you know, the field around you or how we connect to each other in that really beautiful yet unseen way. So essentially in my practice, there is not one thing that goes without the other. The approach varies depending on where the person is at and what their presenting issue is. But essentially the healing, the journey to balance and harmony is through the lens of all of those four bodies, if you will. So that's holistic counselling. Oh, that's how I, I've been in practice and working in that way since 2005. So it's been a minute. You are a spiritual mentor. How does that work? As most of us these days know, there is a really beautiful awakening happening on this planet, a more collective type awakening. And there are some commonalities with regards to how this process of waking up happens to people. And so with my sort of skills, what I do is I journey alongside people and help them 
decipher a little bit this process of awakening, especially, you know, the part where at some point when we wake up to a different reality, parts of the old belief system or whatever, they have to fall away. We have to learn how to let go. We have to allow um, a kind of walking away from the old to happen and this can create what's commonly referred to as the dark night of the soul or that kind of shedding the you know phoenix rising out of the ashes kind of a moment and so this the spiritual mentoring aspect of the work that i do or the service that i that i'm in really in this lifetime is to just help people walk alongside of them and help make sense a little bit of that journey just so that there's more understanding because with a little bit of that inner work, the understanding can, excuse me, can and does then turn into an embodied knowing and a remembering of that innate wisdom that we all have within us that we've sort of forgotten, um, you know, with the earthly conditioning. We all have the innate wisdom. What if someone tells you, I don't think I have innate wisdom. How do I find that? How do you find that? Well, if you already have, you don't need to find it. You have to remember it. And so the journey within takes you to those places within you that remember, for example, to trust that the the intuition that you have within your internal GPS or guidance system or, you know, your spider senses or whatever you want to call it, your your sense that some like when you get like that internal message, for example, you know, that the plants and the flowers and the trees can talk to you, that animals can talk to you, that all of those things are valid, that it's just inside of you. There is something really magical that you can't quite touch. It's always within you. It's where the, the survival ego mind can allow and make room for this magic to come and share the space within our consciousness equally, right? It's at the forefront. It's no longer just over there somewhere to the side or some ridiculous notion. It's actually true and real and remembered and within you. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. To me, sometimes I know things, but I can't explain why I know them. And I call it, it's just a knowing. What you're saying is that it's my innate wisdom. Would that be accurate? Well, yes. Yeah. I guess what I'm sharing with you is A, the filter through which I have experienced my own journey. That's number one, of course, because I can't. 
speak to your journey because your journey is yours. It's special. It's, you know, what you chose to do in this life, right? So I share that's first and foremost, my experience in this world. Second, my experience as a professional. And third, what I remember that I've carried into this lifetime from other lifetimes because I do have a belief system around reincarnation. So there are certain things that we have experienced in other lifetimes that we still carry with us as that innate, as that experience, right? And we bring, and and it's kind of, it's a little bit like sometimes when I talk to clients that don't quite understand these concepts, I talk about it as maybe as a stamp of experience that is is etched onto, you know, like our soul that we always carry with us. And that's what we're remembering. So I guess a simple way to explain it would be, let me give you one example, sharing my own experience and remembering something that I bought into this lifetime that is not, that I, that just felt really comfortable for me. So for example, at one stage in my life, I wanted to learn, I went to belly dancing classes and I wanted to learn how to do belly dancing, right? And what I found, and part of the class was to learn how to play they're called symbols. They're little, like, um, they look like drums, you know, like the piece, like the flat plate that the drummers use. But to, they're only little ones like this, and you play them, like, together like this with your fingers. And you clack them. Like you clack them together? Yeah, you clack them together. That's right. And what I found is that when I put those on my finger, I just knew how to do it. I didn't know how I knew. I just knew how to do it. So I did a meditation on it and I asked spirit to show me how I know this. And so I then had a memory from a, another life as a, you know, as a performer and whatever that came forth into my consciousness and I remembered. Well, it's that kind of a thing. It's like this, there are some things that we just know as a soul from previous experience, but then there's also you know, a more kind of, if you will, maybe quantum aspect of this, speaking of quantum, going a little bit more scientific, where consciousness that belongs to all that is, is simply remembering itself and all of the experiences and potentials available to us in that field of potential, in that sort of that kind of bigger universal galactic kind of a way. Would you say that's an example of feeling like you've been somewhere before, but you know you've never been there, or you meet somebody and you feel like you've known them for a long time? Mm-hmm. And most of us have felt that. Yes, Yes, absolutely. Yeah, great examples. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, for helping me explain that. <laughs> and so also then to say that you do have that innate wisdom. It comes from those parts of you that are not necessarily in this present moment now, but they're always with you. 
What are the metaphysical tools to live your highest potential? Immediately, I want to say is to know how to be in the present moment, period. Because living in the present moment, being fully in the present moment, and then using whatever modality, so, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, witchcraft or casting spells, whether it's meditation, whether it's yoga, whether it's beautiful candles and crystals, whether it's a therapy session once a week, whether it's going and playing a game of football or soccer or basketball, whether it's whatever aspect of your physical life helps you stay centered and focused in this present moment because it's the only thing that matters, the right here, right now. You cannot create, consciously create your life in terms of its highest future potential if you are not in the present moment living your highest life right here, right now, period. You can't be whinging and whining and bitch, excuse my language, you know, carrying on and complaining like right now and then expect for love and light and unicorns 12 months from now or 10 years from now. It's like someone complaining about their life and you as a therapist are trying to give them suggestions, but they have an excuse for everything. Have you experienced that? In the beginning, yes. It's also a natural process of, it's quite natural. when the, You know how in, before I was talking about the ego self? The ego self is primarily concerned about survival issues, about not missing out in the world, about being taken care of, about that safety and security, right? It comes from that survival reptilian brain that we developed really, really, really early on as human, you know, we first started evolving, etc. So that part of our brain for many people is still really active, except instead of being chased by lions these days, we, we associate survival with other things. We associate survival with losing our jobs or, you know, whatever. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. So what was I trying to say? About living in the moment. That survivalist brain will try and resist letting go of the survival walls that we've built up, which means that it's always either projecting into the future or it's looking back in the past, look what happened to me all that time and that person, this person and whatever, right? So in terms of therapy, right, and mental health stuff, when a person can't get past the past, right, what happens psychologically, essentially symptoms of depression, and when a person can't get out of thinking about the future because they're so concerned about, you know, the future being scary, etc. What's going to happen to me in the future? 
that creates a lot of anxiety. So anxiety is often in relation to future thinking and depression is often in relation to lots of past thinking or being stuck in the past. Neither of those help you in the present moment. In fact, they take you out of the present moment. I have found that living in the moment and not having any expectations of something happening in the future, that doesn't mean I don't plan, but not having a defined expectation. I just go into it saying, whatever will be, will be. And I have found that my life has gotten so much easier since I've been in that mindset. So people that do this sort of research, The Power of Now, and I've just quoted Eckhart Tolle's book, of course, that many people know, talk about how there's something really magical that happens when our consciousness is concentrated in in the moment or in the present moment, right, in the now, is that we find ourselves in that really unique flow. And so it's a state of being, being in the flow, meaning that you're using all of your senses, including that internal GPS, you will allow the present moment to guide you simply wherever it may, whatever feels the best, whatever looks the best, whatever you most resonate with. And so being in the flow is your highest potential of any moment, period. Not It's not necessary to logically and mentally guide or, or even emotionally guide you. You just surrender to the moment. I like how you worded that. You just surrender. And what I call it is when I'm trying to make a decision in the moment, should I go through door A or door B or door C? I just ask my spirit guides, where should I go? And then it comes to me and I do it. And it's usually a fabulous experience. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That's so good. Yes. You know, for me, it's a combination of that. I feel the guidance mostly around sort of my heart chakra and my higher heart. And so I just let that, you know, I feel like my whole body, like my spider senses, the hairs on my skin are all like just like, okay, this is where we're going right now. Or this is what you're doing right now. And it's beautiful. And it's the least amount of effort because it's that, again, that innate wisdom, beautiful, magical thing that happens. And when I'm not ready to make a decision, I don't. I just wait until I receive the message to make decision A, B, or C. (laughs) That way I don't make the wrong decision. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. It's wonderful. You said something that caught my attention when we first started this episode. You were talking about auras. Can you tell us a little bit about auras? Oh, okay. I haven't been asked this question before. Okay. So the way I've made – actually, let me me start that again. I will prequel my answer to what are auras or tell you a little bit about auras with saying that for as long as I can remember – 
and my earliest memory is 18 months old, I've been able to see energy interact with others in the world, always. Feel it first. So it was really like kinesthetic for me as a young child and as a young adult. And then, you know, to understand that what I was seeing had, you know, colour and it wasn't like that for everybody, right? So it was always felt and seen for me, yeah? The aura essentially is the energy field that emanates from inside out of each person. So in some cultures they call it chi, in other cultures they call it prana. So we have, scientifically it's called an electromagnetic field. So that is the the electric and the magnetic field. That so the magnetic field is more feminine nature. So this is the scientific explanation or one way to explain the aura. The magnetic nature of our field is receptive, so it's more feminine, and it's the negative out of the plus and the minus that you will see, say, on a battery. And the electric is what we give out to the world from inside out. So that's the field that directly connects, are connecting with the world outside of us. But it's all the same thing. The aura is the electromagnetic field. It is what how we communicate. It's the energy. It's the prana. It's the chi, you know. And so in my life, I've made sense of this initially through uh, through the teachings of chakras which are energy points that we have within our physical body that hold basically frequency and are you know connected to our physical organs so it's like the uh, the energy body so in the same way that we have the anatomy and the physiology of our physical body chakras or those energy points also called meridians are the anatomy and physiology of our energetic body i guess is how i would explain it you can read auras yeah when you can see someone's aura you see different colors. Mm-hmm. What do the colors mean? So there are seven that are, that are most commonly described. If anyone was to Google, for example, auras or buy a book or whatever, most commonly there are seven, right, um, that are described, starting from the first one, which is what's called the base or the root chakra, and it is a colour for the base of root chakra is red, and it is located at the very base of the spine in that area. It processes energetic information that is directly related to the most physical aspects of our life, so things like safety, security, nurture, um, provision, making sure that we have a roof over our head and for those experiences. The second chakra is the sacral chakra, which is the color orange. The third one is the solar plexus chakra, which is uh, yellow or gold. 
Now, I forgot to mention the second chakra is it's about creation and it's about how we create but in the physical world. And therefore, it's about things like, you know, intimacy because it's located just beneath the belly button. It's that area of, you know, sexual organs essentially, right? It's connected to those organs. So it literally processes energy around intimacy, around connecting in the physical world, around creating in the physical world. So things like birthing, rebirthing even um so then the third chakra is um like i said yellow and gold and it represents um so that's our solar plexus chakra and it's around the belly button around the diaphragm and it it is connected to well i like to describe it all as all things self so self-confidence self-worth self-care, self-love, even though it's not the heart chakra, because it's about physical will and how you think about yourself in this world, right? So that goes along with confidence? Yes, self-confidence, yeah, self, how you talk to yourself, what you project in the world, so all things self. Then there's the heart chakra, which, of course, is right here, and it's green in color. And the heart chakra is often described as the bridge, as the center between the physical and the spiritual realms or the physical and the more spiritual or etheric energy points within you or connections to the divine. It also concerns itself with relationships, of course, um, with the relationship that, uh, for example, I have with me, uh, with myself, and the relationship that I have with people and the world and Mother Nature and, you know, the animal kingdom or, um, you know, the elemental kingdom or, or, you know, my spirit guides, my higher self, all of those sorts of relationships, which is why when I said earlier that I, when I'm receiving information, it comes from within, but I feel it here because it's most, for me, it, it's most connected to my heart. And other than that, you know, I, I chose to be born into the energy of, Leo in this lifetime so you know the lion heart is fully activated for me these days as well so it's kind of how that archetype plays out for me so moving on from that then we have the throat chakra which is which is around here of course and the throat chakra is most simply about expression how we express in the world how we can or cannot speak our truth and also create our reality through the words that we say and how we express in the world through these words, which is speaking your truth seems to 
Well, as it turned out, from what I have observed and what I've experienced has been a huge collective karmic come back around thing in this lifetime or at this time on the planet and being able to being comfortable being able to just express exactly who you are a massive lesson collectively in the world despite of that fear of persecution and judgment it's been a massive kind of collective lesson and one for me as well Okay, moving on from that because, again, that's a whole other episode around that. Um, okay, so the next thing is the third eye, which is uh, between the brows, the centre between the brows, uh, directly connected to, uh, I get these things right, I think it's the pineal gland or pituitary gland. I always get them wrong. I don't know why. Anyway, so it has a direct connection to um, our endocrine system and that speaks about being able to see that the realms beyond the veil, the unseen realms and understand what's presenting in your world from that other dimensional space, so in that more spiritual or, or metaphysical way. Seven is the crown chakra. And the crown chakra is purple. Oh, did I say the colours? I forgot to say the colours, didn't I? You started saying the colours. So I think I said the heart chakra, yeah, I think I said the heart chakra was green. So then the throat chakra is like a light blue or a beautiful sky blue. Um, the third eye is like a royal blue, like a really beautiful, vibrant, deep dark royal blue and then the crown chakra of course is purple or see you know describes as purple but it can also when receiving energy from spirit or from the universe or even galactic energy you can different light streams can stream through but so the crown chakra is essentially the the chakra through which it's described, our energy, it's where we open to um, uh, to that divine source or the column of white light that can come in and connect us and ground us through in that spiritual way through our physical body. Since then, there's often a reference to the star chakra above the crown chakra or the earth chakra, which is, of course, in mother, right, being the two, two points that truly connect and extend our field of consciousness and our bubble of protection and, and the way in which we embody and embrace more of our soul self and spirit. Since you can read auras, what do the auras tell you? If someone is standing in front of you, what can you read from their chakras? I prescribe to the rule of the universe where I don't 
just go around reading people's chakras. So I just want to, I want to prequel that to say that there is just because I can, that doesn't mean that I should. It's like, I don't I don't want to be walking around and being a peeping Tom, an energetic <laughs> peeping Tom and just looking into people's lives and circumstances without permission. It's actually bad karma. It's just not cool. Like you don't see people walking around looking through people's like windows in their houses to see what they're doing. Right? So that's a huge no no. It's not it's not something that I that is advisable that I would ever you know prescribed to so i want to say that out loud i'm going to answer your question in terms of in general so if i had a client come to me and say can you please check out my aura have a look at what's going on can you you know have a look at my belly's been really sore for example like i'm just i've got these cramps and i just don't know what's happening whatever right the answer to that would be to check and see what's going on, first of all, in the area where pain is experienced. So the answer to your question is yes, it's absolutely possible to have a look and see energetically what is going on with any presenting condition, whether it be mental health issue, emotional health or physical health. That's absolutely the kind of work that I do, although predominantly I don't usually do all that much sort of actual energy healing. Um, I work more with mental, emotional health, people that present in that way first, but it's absolutely possible and in my work necessary through the journey of healing to understand what's going on with a presenting issue like a bellyache in all those ways, right? So is it so it would be okay if you have a bellyache, so is the bellyache about is it related to energetically through the to the solar plexus, for example, which would then mean that there is some sort of an unconscious issue around something to do with self. Is it that there's an issue around self-worth, self-confidence? So I'll give you an example. And I realized that this was, this condition presented itself from a great deal of fear that I was holding in my stomach. Well, we're coming to the end of our episode. Is there anything you would like to tell the listeners about yourself or just a little bit of advice for them? So first of all, I would like to say thank you for listening. If you're still here, <laughs> I appreciate it because the more we get this this work, the more of these conversations get out there the more we might help somebody, we might help someone make sense of something in their lives, even if it's something simple as, oh, my God, I've been feeling something, but, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm going a little bit crazy and I don't, I don't want to tell anybody, I don't want people to feel bad about, you know, what I say or I don't want them to think badly of me or whatever. Conversations like these can really help make it okay, normalize that process of, 
of spiritual awakening or even just curiosity about the unknown or about these beautiful metaphysical arts that we they've they've never not been on planet earth but they're coming more back around more into collective consciousness thank you for providing a platform theodora for these conversations to happen and the advice that i want to give to people is if you're not sure don't be afraid to ask to look for people practitioners like myself that are actually qualified in a way to help you not just anybody but go and ask the questions do your research find out you know people like me i do these you know podcasts so that it brings it allows that aspect of credibility in this 3d realm to stabilize more so that when i talk about spirituality when i talk about metaphysical things it's not just woo woo it's not rubbish it's actually credible it's actually equally intellectual and emotional and intelligent and all of those things and it's so valid so don't to your audience don't be afraid to ask these questions to go seek out practitioners like myself feel free to go and visit my website have a look at it if there's ever anything that i can do to support you or help you please go ahead and ask tell us what your website is okay so it's my name um so it's www.diana spelled d-i-j-a-n-a dot org as in organization o-r-g and so on there you will find you know that i have these programs if someone does is not ready to do one-on-one work i have a couple of uh, programs that i've written where people can begin by just doing online self-paced easy to follow take your time you know personal development kind of stuff so just go do that do that first super okay And I will have your website in the episode notes so they can find you. Are you also on Instagram? I sure am. (laughs) And what's your handle? It's Diana Org, D-I-J-A-N-A-O-R-G. Okay. Thank you for being on the show, Diana, all the way from around the world. Australia, as we are recording this, yep. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Theodora. I've really appreciated um, truly many blessings to your podcast and everything that you do. Many blessings to you as well. Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine. Thank you.